0: Hi, my name is Jill and welcome to The Void, the show where I have an existential crisis in public. I have been obsessed with getting the fuck out of this country. The more time passes, the more urgent it feels. If I don't move at some point, I'll die a slow spiritual death. I genuinely do not care where I'm going, it could be Milan, Boston, New Guinea, I don't care. I don't know. But what I do know is that I can't be here. How have I managed to live here my entire life and still not feel bonded enough to anything to want to stay? We're going to dive into that today, so hang out, grab a drink, and you've seen the title, so you know we're going to ask ourselves some difficult questions. The last three men I dated were super emotionally unavailable. I could sit here and be like, Ew, it's just my luck, isn't it? But uh, you know, I'll be honest with myself instead. If this happened one time, it would have been chance. If it happened two times, it would have been a coincidence. After three times, it is a pattern. I have no choice but to woman up and admit this is a pattern. So we all know what classic emotional unavailability looks like, right? It's avoiding deep conversation. It's people being overwhelmed if you show them affection. When you talk about your feelings, they don't know how to deal with it. If you've dealt with this type, then you've probably decided now is the time to teach your cat how to dial 911. The people I just mentioned, they're not hurtful because they're actual demons from the seventh circle of hell. They're hurtful because they literally do not have the space to deal with any of your emotions next to their own. But with all of that being said, do I still think you need to block them? Yes. The reason why someone is acting this way doesn't really matter. Not choosing is a choice too and this person has clearly chosen everything but you. So distance yourself, get your groove back, regroup and know that it's not your problem. Or not entirely. I'm going to be shitty for a second and um, let's just play with the idea that you are the problem. Are you really as emotionally available as you think you are? And maybe you're thinking, excuse me, I wanted relationships. I was ready to settle down. They weren't. I wanted stability. Stability didn't choose me. What the hell? How can I be the emotionally unavailable one? Emotional availability describes the ability to respond to a person's needs and sustain healthy emotional bonds in relationships. And let's just ignore safely attached people here. They can be functional somewhere else, but. Everyone else can be divided into two different categories. The pushers and the pullers. We all know the pushers. It's the people who say they're not ready for a relationship, but still don't leave you alone. It's people who don't want to label things. And then you've got the pullers, the type who does want a connection, but gets really neurotic about it out of fear and the pushers get the worst rep. Don't get me wrong. They're fucking terrible. But emotional pullers are at least as emotionally unavailable as pushers are just in a less obvious way, but not necessarily in a less toxic way. See, what pullers do is they over-invest in people who don't want them. Like, as a puller and a pusher, I guess, it depends on my mood, I can say that being rejected a lot kind of gives you this sick sense of relief, because now there's something outside of you you can blame for your incompetence. Blah, 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 I'm super unlucky. I can't find them. My entire laptop fell on the floor. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's like a get out of jail free card. You can always blame the guys. You can always be like, oh my God, I'm so unlucky. The puller can at least trick themselves into thinking they're less problematic. Pullers make themselves available to people they know have nothing to offer them. And they do this to stay unavailable to the people who would do the craziest shit to be with them. It is quite a intricate form of self-sabotage and one of the biggest signs that you might be part of the problem is independence there are two types of independence you have healthy independence where you're like you're having fun you're doing your thing you know how to beat up with people but you also know how to be alone. and there is independence as a trauma response hyper independence if you do things alone and by yourself not even necessarily because you want to But just because you don't want to admit to needing someone. And as a pusher, I can say that it almost feels like a weakness. And I'm over it now because I'm very self-aware and I try to work on these things. But for the longest time, just admitting that I wanted someone around made me feel weak as shit. It's basically a way of punishing yourself for having the basic need for companionship and affection there's just no way to let people in if you can't allow yourself to need them because interdependence is a really healthy part of relationships of course you have your own dependence but when you come together you're like a new entity that is fine that's not a sign of personal failure the best way i can describe being part of the problem is having a sort of emotional constipation (laughs) you can't Allow yourself to feel entirely. A lot of people who are emotionally unavailable have a really difficult type, crying or being emotional. If we're constantly attracted to people who are not really a good fit for us or who never choose us, can't be with us for whatever reason, we can't ignore our part in that. There is a reason why you're attracted to rejection. I've talked about emotional attachment before. Everything we learn about relationships, we learn in the first five years of life. If we grew up with kind, loving, attentive parents, we grow up and we're going to look for people who make us feel the same way. Problem is, even if our parents didn't meet our emotional needs, we're still going to look for people who make us feel the same way. The best way I can put it is like this. People who had a normal upbringing and loving parents and, you know, attentive parents, They grow up with a relationship compass that is fully functional. Everyone else, everyone who grew up with inattentive, emotionally unavailable, narcissistic parents, we grow up with a compass that doesn't naturally face north. So we navigate with a broken compass. We don't have the tools to explore deeper attachment in a safe way maybe maybe we've already met the people that would be amazing for us a thousand times maybe some of those people have even been part of our lives for many years but we just don't register it whether you're a pusher or a puller your compass is broken now if you're an emotional pusher i do have to say you have more power to be really destructive don't tell people you don't want a relationship with them and then trying to kind of keep them on the shell no if you want to change as a pusher. The best thing you can do is close the door on relationships yourself because pushers are not known for putting things to an end. The first thing you can do to help yourself is if you notice that you're not ready for a relationship, then you have to stop engaging with this person. You always leaving the ending of a relationship to the pillar is you just burdening someone else with making tough emotional decisions because you're too much of a coward to make them yourself. If you want to be better, make concrete decisions, give straight answers. If you're on the other side of the emotional unavailability coin and you're a puller, you probably have the tendency to like people more than they realistically deserve. Simply because you're used to getting a whole lot of nothing and turning it into something. The less someone gives you, the harder you'll lean in because it's a dynamic you probably know from childhood. You owe it to yourself to be proactive. A pusher is never, ever going to stop this cycle. So if you want to get off the ride, you need to push the emergency button because the pusher could jerk you around indefinitely if you let them. If you're questioning your emotional unavailability, just know that the fact that you're attracted to a pusher or a puller tells you that you're emotionally unavailable, a safely attached person would not stand for this dynamic. So the fact that you're part of this dynamic already tells you what you need to know. Emotional unavailability is basically saying that your fear is bigger than your love for that person. And if that's the case, it's just not your person, or at least not right now. However, if your love for them is bigger than your fear of receiving love, and you think this person is worth trying to be better for, if you think that you are worth trying to be better for, you need to take a really good look at yourself. Why don't you believe you're worthy of a healthy relationship? And you know, at the end of the day, we may be scared, but fear does not give us an excuse to be a dick. An extremely healthy thing I used to do was, I always kept a part of myself for myself, in the sense that I was kind of secretive about my own feelings and thoughts. I didn't share them with a partner. That was kind of my way of thinking then. But that's the thing. That's not how we form healthy bonds. We need to share our emotional state and our fears and our hopes and our dreams so that people can connect to who we really are. There is just no way to keep someone at a safe distance and love them. And if you try to do that, you get the fuckery that I've been talking about during this entire thing. And the last thing we could do is not be such freaking babies. No, I don't feel sorry for us. This is one of those things that we can only solve for ourselves. And if we don't do it, We end up as the Walmart monkey. We'll be looking to the proverbial window of life and wondering why we're not part of the thing that everyone else is part of. We need to commit to bonding. There's an experience that you're not privy to if you're emotionally unavailable. And it's probably an experience that you're curious about. And of course, you could sit on the couch and eat your gummy bears and wonder wonder if you even have the tools to sustain a bond. Or if you're willing to be imperfect in your quests. You can ask yourself all these things, or you can shut the hell up and go out there. A friend of mine went on her first date in, I think, a decade? And I was so proud of her. Do you think she wasn't scared? She was fucking scared, but she went. And that's how you show up for yourself. Be afraid and then still do the thing and go to a psychologist if you need to what i always say in these things is it's not preaching i am figuring it out too i know nothing and that's why i'm sitting here talking to myself trying to figure it out i'd be lying if i sat here and said i was fine when it comes to relationships and bonding i am not fine and if you aren't either welcome to the club i believe that we can figure something out for ourselves because people don't talk about it You walk around thinking you're fundamentally broken. Which, you know, fuck that. That's not what's happening here. What we need is emotional education. Self-awareness and taking action based on that is transformative. You have the power to change your life. You- ugh, I sound like Tony Robbins. You know what I mean. I'm not trying to sound like a a freaking self-help guru. But the truth is you do have the power to, to change your life. You shouldn't pay anyone to tell you that but you do have the power. Decide what means more to you. Being vulnerable and connecting or staying safely in your little bubble and missing a really important part of what makes us human. But yeah, that's the thing about emotional unavailability. The moment you realize that that's where you are, you realize that you've been isolating yourself and that you've been isolating other people for years too without realizing it. I have a friend. I've known him for years. We've known each other from university. Uh, He hung out here a lot. We spent hours talking and years talking and I just didn't realize that this man was attracted to me. And also I thought he was attractive as well. His body's absolutely beautiful. Anyway, I blocked him for an entire year because I panicked. Now, fast forward a year. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, why did I block him again? So I unblocked him and basically he told me that he was moving to a different country. And I was like, well, goddamn, I have a sixth sense for this. Now, of course, he doesn't live here and I think he's the hottest man alive. It wasn't until he moved to a different country that I was like, whoa, I spent a year missing out on some local D (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) Meanwhile, I still head over heels in luck with someone who couldn't give me anything. I've been, I've been an, a fool. But anyway, most people I want to bang live in a foreign country. That's how emotionally unavailable I am. It's, I have a lot of work to do. Do I want to, do I still want to leave? Fuck yes. I just had to double check that it wasn't another manifestation of my inability to, to attach to things. I don't expect to find anything magical in another country because, you know, wherever you go, there you are. I do have friends here that I love, but it just feels like such a waste of life to not have lived somewhere else for an extended period of time. In this case, I think it's good to not be so attached that your bond becomes a leash. Anyway, I'm going to eat a snack or two. And uh, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I don't even know what this content is. They're definitely not video essays or maybe they're introspective video essays where we dive into the phenomena of us instead of the psyche of a lemon grab from Adventure Time. How emotionally available are you? Are you emotionally available or do you think you are? And if you aren't... Do you want to be? What are you going to do about it? And also, if you're a normal person who's safely attached, maybe give us a... Tell us how relationships work for you. Like, is it a push and pull for you guys? Probably not. Some of my listeners have to be safely attached, right? Statistically. So if you're safely attached, please talk us through what relationships look like for you from the beginning, like from the dating to the relationship stage. What does it look like? Because for me, it's a mess. So I'm just curious. Okay. I'm gonna go. Thank you, and um, see you next one. Bye.